Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Showing Up to Life podcast and YouTube channel, the most irregularly scheduled podcast and YouTube channel on the internet. You're here. I'm here. Today's today. This is the moment, and I hope that you're meeting this moment with a measure of presence with some acceptance of what is arising in this present moment not that this is a you know lifelong acceptance but an acceptance for just in this moment that this is the suchness of the way things are and i hope that you're able to apply some curiosity to that suchness and and in the end allow compassion to lead your heart through each moment that you're experiencing because if you're doing those things, then I know that you're doing well. I don't have to ask. And so that's my hope, okay? And if you're not, well, then that's the beautiful thing about this particular space of the internet is here we don't worry about the, what we've done before or or how badly we might have made, made mistakes or messed something up. What we do here is we acknowledge that in this moment, we can simply turn towards it. Right? right now, you can simply accept. Right now, you can just, you know, be curious. There's no time lapse. As soon as you decide to be curious, you are curious. As soon as you decide to accept, you are accepting. It's not work to get back there. It's simply allowing it to be. All right? So, it's been a while, and I have missed you, and I hope you've—well, I don't hope you've missed me, but um, but, but I have missed you for sure. Um, I'm wondering if you even know what I look like anymore, because it's been so long. It's not really. I mean, it's only been like six days or something like that, but, you know, it's a long six days, I guess, right? Um, you know, as Einstein says, you know, uh, a minute can pass by—or no, an hour can pass by like a minute when you're sitting and having a, a dinner with friends— but a minute can pass by like an hour when you're sitting on a hot stove. And so being without you and not recording this, this podcast is more like a hot stove for me than, than a dinner with, with friends, right? When I come to this, this podcast, I feel like I'm having dinner with friends. And, and so therefore, this half hour tends to go pretty quickly. But the time in between these half hours... Oh, it can be a drag. It can be a real, a real um, long feeling, right? But it's okay, right? We accept. We 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 let go of the expectations and the the um, the feeling of clinging to a certain way that things are, right? And so, and, and again, just allow the suchness of what is happening. Right. And the suchness this week is that for the last three days, you know, your guy's been very busy. Okay. It's been many different things. I don't even know specifically what it was. It wasn't anything, you know, earth shattering, but, um, but there's been things that have pre prevented me from communing with you here in the podcast and YouTube channel. So here I am happy to be here. <clears throat> um, I want to remind you all that um, if you like, I do tend to be a little bit more regular uh, with my TikTok and Instagram uh, videos. They're just little ones, one to three minutes long, sometimes even less than a minute. Um, but there's a beauty in that. <laughs> and I have found that that concise, um, the conciseness, I think that's the word, <laughs> um, is, uh, is really quite powerful. And so if you, if you would like to find me on TikTok, my name there is art underscore mindful. 
And on uh, on Instagram, which was created at a much different time, is art underscore burns underscore coaching. Okay, um, so you can find me there on either of those uh, platforms. And uh, and then of course there's also my Wednesday evening meditations that I do. Now when I say meditation, it's not just meditation. Okay, we we get into it, right? We we have discussions. We um, you know people ask questions about practices and 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 you know even the concepts behind the practices, and we get into it. We talk about it. And so uh, traditionally, the way this is the way this is sort of labeled, right? If you go into a, um, a Buddhist center, for instance, um, they will have what's called a guided meditation and a Dharma talk. Now, the word Dharma um, in Pali, you know, really means the truth, right? Or I think maybe even the way, like the Tao, right? T-A-O in, in China, um, uh, uh, um, which is, uh, I'm sorry, which is Dharma in, uh, in more of, you know, a little bit west of China, right, which would be like Nepal and India and, and uh, Tibet. Anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> so, uh, so on TikTok today, though, um, I talked about something that I think is very worth um, getting back into, right? And, and what, what I talked about was the very simple... Um, the very simple practice that cultivates the most important skill there is. My gosh, I just realized I never finished my thought. <laughs> I got so hung up on the Dharma and the Tao that I never finished my thought. So anyway, we do this meditation. Uh, I guide the meditation. It takes usually about 30, 35 minutes of the actual meditation. And then for the balance of the hour, we have a discussion. And sometimes it goes past the hour. And then in the end, we do a little reading from uh, Thich Nhat Hanh. And it's really a beautiful time. So I, I encourage you all to check it out, okay? It's it's free. Uh, I'll accept donations, as I love donations. <laughs> they are always appreciated, never expected, okay? So you can just show up, okay? You don't have to have anything, you know, you don't have to wear anything specific, you know, and it's really come-as-you-are kind of situation, right? You don't need any experience either for meditation, right? That's not what goes on here. And that's a really important part here. And that's going to segue into today's topic. So let's spend a little time on this, right? For years and years and years and years, I knew that meditation was an answer for me, right? I knew that it was going to be helpful to me to meditate on, a, on even any kind of regular basis, right? I never got into, I never even got as far as thinking like every day. I just knew that meditation would help me, Right? And I sought out ways to learn how to meditate. I had a friend who said, oh, yes, yeah, just breathe and, you know, pay attention to your breath and, you know, sit and cross-legged. And there were certain parts of that, like, you know, as a, as a, a youth, you know, I was already smoking cigarettes, you know, and my, you know, I was, so, so breathing didn't feel comfortable to me. Breathing felt very uncomfortable, actually. So I couldn't do it on my own. And every time I tried to approach someplace like a meditation studio or, I mean, yoga wasn't really big when I was a teenager, um, you know, but now it would be like a yoga studio, right? And any time I approached any of these kind of places, and more recently yoga studios in the last like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when I would approach these places, it felt like I was an outsider, and for sure I was, right? Like I did not, be I belonged much more at a football game <laughs> than I belonged in a meditation studio. But that's the problem, right? We have this, this sort of sensation that, that meditation only is only for those who are the meditating types, right? 
And and when we kind of, you know, kind of approach it in this way, oh, it becomes very confusing. And and in, in a lot of cases, like what happened with me, it keeps people away from doing the practice, right? And that's really no good, right? We want people to do more meditation practices. Now, it's not necessary that you learn Buddhism. It's not necessary that you become a Buddhist practitioner, right? Even the Dalai Lama says so. In fact, there's a, a book written by a guy named John Perkins called The uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, which really shines a light on how the uh, global hegemony of the, uh, of the United States and, and, uh, and, and the, you know, really not just the United States, but multinational corporations and stuff like that. Very fascinating read. Uh, uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. And, um, and so, during this guy's John Perkins is the name of the author, and during John Perkins's uh, travels and 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 adventure, he came to know the Dalai Lama somehow. And I'm not sure. Exactly, I think it was because of the books that he'd written and stuff like that that the Dalai Lama knew that he was because what what it is 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 really the exploitation of like the global South as they call it, right? The poor nations of the of the world are exploited with you know crippling uh, um, uh, loans from the International Money Fund or the World Bank, which then you know makes the country's default on the loan, which allows the corporations to then, you know, privatize whatever it is they loan them the money for, the the, the dam, the, the oil drill, the port, whatever it is. And that's how these companies, you know, make their profits, right? And so it's a horrible system that's going on. It's very exploitative. And so I assume that's what drew the Dalai Lama to John Perkins a little bit, right? So anyway, he got a chance to meet the Dalai Lama on an airplane. They were, you know, the Dalai Lama was about to fly off somewhere. He's on his private plane. And John Perkins was in the airport. And, you know, the Dalai Lama said, well, come and meet me, you know, and they arranged it somehow. And so he got on the airplane and he, he knelt down before the Dalai Lama to like kiss his feet or something and the Dalai Lama says what are you doing <laughs> and he says well isn't this what I'm supposed to do is like I'm trying to show respect you know I'm not a practicing Buddhist but I, I want to learn and the Dalai Lama said to him he says don't become a Buddhist there's enough Buddhists in the world but do practice compassion the world needs more compassion all right. So, so for all of you who might be wondering about that, there's never a point where meditation is going to require you to learn, you know, Buddhism and, and, and to be, you know, among like in a, a meditation center and doing that sort of very spiritual, very holy sort of approach to, to this practice. Now, if you would like to do that, I'm sure the Dalai Lama would forgive you for becoming a, yet another Buddhist in the world. But the, the priority shouldn't necessarily be that, right? And certainly, again, I want you all to know, though, that if that feels like a turnoff, leave it alone. <laughs> leave it be. And you're going to be just fine. And this brings me to my second point here that, uh, or maybe it's my first point, <laughs> um, but, but the idea that, you know, and this is what I was talking about this morning with, with, uh, on TikTok, right? Which is that meditation, right? And, and I hear this all the time, right? Because a big part of my coaching relies on mindfulness practices, right? And oftentimes that means a a self-guided formal meditation. However, not always, right? I have lots of clients who have never been able to meditate even for a minute with any regularity, and they still see amazing improvements, right? Because we get them to, to practice other ways, right? Informally practice, right? 
But I have to say that, that the ability to spend, you know, even two or three minutes every morning doing a, a self-guided meditation, there's really no substitute for that, right? Yes, you can learn mindfulness, you can practice mindfulness without it, but it's, uh, it's just the good stuff is in that meditation, right? And so, so let's talk about what that means, okay? Because the thing I hear from people all the time is that, you know, they say like, well, like for instance, right? They'll say like, oh man, you know, three days ago, I had this meditation that was just amazing. My mind was still, I felt so calm. It was so beautiful for the whole time. My mind barely wandered at all. It was blissful. And then the next day I had this meditation where I thought I would do that again, but then my mind was wandering all over the place. I couldn't stop it. It was like, it was like a monkey jumping around in my brain and I couldn't stop it. Help. <laughs> and that's where I tell them that, yeah, you know, there are going to be moments where you have that, that sort of blissful calm and, and clarity and it feels like, you know, just emptiness, right? Which in a very positive way, right? Buddhists call emptiness. And again, the reason I reference Buddhism is not because I'm practicing Buddhism or teaching Buddhism, but because it's, you know, Buddhism is sort of the, the ground from which all of these practices have grown. And technically it's from Hinduism, right? Which they, they say that Buddhism is Hinduism packaged for export, <laughs> Right. So this goes back thousands and thousands, like 7,000 years or something like that, right? Um, so that's why I reference Buddhism, right? But, but the, the idea, though, right, is that, is that when we are, um, you know, like, yes, we will get into that blissful state sometimes, right? And it feels great when we do it. Right there. We go. Oh, anyway, like I was saying in the Buddhist. I'm sorry, folks. My brain's. I'm out of practice here. That's what's showing. But but to Buddhists in the Buddhist tradition, they talk about emptiness, right? But that's not emptiness as in terms of like a a vapid quality, right? Where it's just there's nothing going on upstairs, right? It's more about the emptiness being like an empty cup, right? Which is where everything can flow from, right? The cup might be a weird metaphor for that, but 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 consider emptiness to be more like a like as Dan Siegel calls it the plane of possibility, right? Everything arises in the present moment through this emptiness. If if our mind is cluttered with a lot of judgment and delusion and clinging and aversion, it's not empty, and therefore only certain things are going to be allowed to arise, right? If we can you know, come into that emptiness, that's when the potential of, of whatever can happen, right? But here's the thing. <laughs> A lot of people believe, like I just described to you, that that, that that calmness, that feeling of emptiness is what we're supposed to feel in meditation. And this is where I will quote um, the dear Sharon Salzberg, who has written a couple of, or a few really amazing books. The one that I just read, she published a few years ago, called Loving Kindness. Just beautiful book. Absolutely beautiful book. But she's written a couple of other really very famous books earlier on in her career called Real Happiness and also Real Happiness at Work. I cannot recommend these books highly enough. They're beautiful and wonderful. And so anyway, Sharon has this wonderful quote where she says that we don't practice meditation to get better at meditation. We practice meditation to get better at life. 
right? So that's what we have to look at, right? That we're not seeking that emptiness within meditation. We're doing the meditation so that we can access that happiness, uh, that not that, ha- well, ultimately it is happiness, but we can access that emptiness all the time, right? That's the idea. We're, we're cultivating the skill of accessing that emptiness. Now, the person I was talking to on TikTok this morning, where I did a couple of videos to help uh, a woman out with this, and she, she was talking about how she's always in fight or flight. Now, she had some really, really heavy reasons for that, which she shared on TikTok, which I give her all the credit in the world, but I'm not a therapist, and I'm not here about to try to talk to her about her childhood trauma and that kind of stuff, but I can teach her how to regulate herself, right? I can teach her how to get out of the fight or flight and into that rest and digest, right? The thing is that the fight or flight is created by the lack of that emptiness, right? That someone who's in fight or flight all the time, which is just chronic stress, that's what you're calling that, right? And and for this person, it came clearly from a, a CPTSD situation, which was heavy, okay? And that requires probably some therapy along with the kind of work that I do, right? Um, you know, but, but with mindfulness, which is the ability to, to be here and to see the trauma in a different, you know, as, as not part of me right now, but something that happened a long time ago, and to combine that with self-compassion, that's how I help people work with trauma. And I'm willing to do that for anyone who, who wants to talk about it, okay? But, but I remind you that I'm not a therapist, okay? I'm just doing what's worked for me, okay? But again, the idea, though, is that that fight or flight, and I know this because I used to live there, right? What you're really describing is chronic stress, right? That's just somebody who's always in the fight or flight mode, right? <clears throat> day after day after day. Now, again, for some people, including me, it comes from a trauma, trauma experience, right? But it's, it's not only, you know, people who've, who've lived with trauma, well, pretty much everybody's lived with some level of trauma, but it's not just that, right? It can be just the habit of being stressed. And what that means is that you probably have a habit of worrying about things in the future or regretting things in the past, which means that you're not dwelling in that emptiness, right? Your mind is cluttered with it, right? So anyway, I hear all the time that people come to me and they say, they say, you know, like I described to you, right? I have that that beautiful, blissful, you know, I was in touch with the emptiness in my meditation. And then the next day it was like a, a messy closet. What's going on? What I tell them is that they've got the, they're looking at the wrong end of the horse, right? That, that, that what they want in meditation is the latter. They want that wandering mind because the wandering mind is what gives them the practice to attain that emptiness more regularly, more skillfully, right? You become in control. And the reason this works is because when we're doing meditation and our mind is wandering, our mind wanders, we bring it back that is the exercise. I often compare it to lifting weights in a gym, right? For all of you who are on the podcast and not seeing me, I'm doing a typical like strongman pose with my right arm, right? As if I was going to flex a bicep, which I don't have very big biceps, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, but, but the idea is though, if I was holding a dumbbell in this hand, right? If I stood here just like this, in this flexed position, this muscle would not grow at all. 
Okay. It's only when I relax it and I flex it again and I relax and I flex, I release, I contract, right? That's when this muscle builds. So the same way, if I'm sitting in a meditation and my mind never wanders off, it's like standing there with a barbell like this or a dumbbell, right? It doesn't give me anything. When my mind wanders and I bring it back, that's doing the pumps, that, that's doing the curls that are building a skill, building a strength. The skill that's being built is attention. Very simply, we can call it attention training, which, some, which helps some people to, to sort of demystify the whole thing. But that's really what meditation is. It's just attention training. But what happens when we train our attention is very, very important and very, very worth you knowing about, okay? There's three aspects that arise from this training of our attention. The first is, or, or three skills, I should say. The first skill is the, the ability to focus our attention, right? Just to, the ability to hold our attention on whatever it is that we're doing, whether that's brushing our teeth, doing an Excel spreadsheet at work, or, you know, hanging out with our kids, right? To be able to be here and stay here now. That's the first skill. The second skill is something called meta-awareness. Not meta as in loving kindness with two Ts, but meta more like Facebook with one T. The awareness of awareness is what we're talking about. And this is the skill to be able to know when your attention has wandered off. Okay, very, very important. The third skill that comes from this attention training is what we call open awareness, which is just to be more aware of what is going on around us and what is going on internally. Okay, this is self-awareness. This is very, very important, okay? Now, from this, these, this three sort of faceted skill that we, we develop through attention training, which is just, again, just sitting, Focusing on your breath, when your mind wanders off and you recognize it wanders, just bring it back to the breath. That's it, <laughs> okay? As we do that, even for three or four minutes a day, what we do is we cultivate with these three skills, we cultivate the very important quality of the mind of integration. Okay, this is Dan Siegel's world. He talks about this a lot, right? That when we cultivate, when we train our attention, we promote integration in the various regions of our brain, right? The, the various, you know, you know, every, you know, your, your brain is not just one monolithic thing. Like, you know, like we might look at your lungs, right? Even your heart feels more monolithic, even though it's got four different chambers and lots of different valves and stuff like that. The brain is so complex. I mean, there are slivers of little cortices that do specific things, right? And they're all, you know, in various parts of your brain, not only the cortices, but also the limbic area, the amygdala, the, the hippocampus, the, the, uh, the, the basal ganglia, the, the, the insula, all of these parts of the brain, including the ACC, the left prefrontal cortex, the right prefrontal cortex, all this different stuff. When it works together, <laughs> we get really good results. And one of the most important results that we get, other than those three skills I mentioned, is that when we are in integration, as Dan Siegel says, he has this uh, uh, posted in, in writing on the wall of his Mindsight Institute, which is the quote, 
integration made visible is kindness and compassion, which is to say that by just spending time every day training your attention, you are going to automatically cultivate natural and available, like all the time, like your default becomes kindness and compassion. And my friends, when you live with those three skills of focused attention, open awareness, and meta-awareness, and you add into that kindness and compassion as your default, my friends, you are living a very happy life. I can guarantee it. Even if you're broke, <laughs> even if you're, you know, you're worried about your electricity getting turned off, you can still be very happy with those qualities and with those skills. And again, all this requires is a few minutes a day. Now, now technically, yeah, you want to do like 10 to 20 minutes every day. That's when you're going to get the real benefit from this. They say that, uh, not they say, but, but, uh, neuroscientist, uh, studies have shown that, that eight weeks at 20 minutes a day already shows neuroplasticity in the brain, which means that you're already building that as a default, as a, as a go-to that <laughs> your brain becomes the natural, you know, tendency of your brain, the natural inclination of your brain. Eight weeks, 20 minutes a day, okay? And that, that number is pretty much um, what they call it, commutative in, in math. So if it's eight weeks at 20 minutes, then it's 16 weeks at 10 minutes. It's uh, 32 weeks at five minutes, you know, that kind of thing. So less than a year <laughs> for sure, even spending two minutes a day. <laughs> oh, gosh, I just <laughs> spilled water on myself. Um, so anyway... You know, the, the last thing that I want to say about this is that a lot of times when also when I'm, you know, teaching people, you know, the first thing early on in our teaching, you know, usually I'll hear from somebody, well, you know, I say, what's your experience with meditation? Where are you at? Let's work from there, right? And almost always I hear, oh, yeah, I do meditation. I, I have the Calm app or, or I have this thing, Insight, whatever, you know, one of these apps or YouTube, whatever, and I do meditation on there. And that's mostly guided meditation, right? That kind of meditation, <laughs> the way I illustrate again, going with the gym uh, metaphor, right? If, if self-guided meditation is like doing curls, right? Working out and building a skill, right? Guided meditation where somebody, and, and believe me, I have nothing against guided meditations. I do a meditation every Wednesday, as I just told you. <laughs> but guided meditation is like going to the gym and sitting in the sauna and then getting into the whirlpool, maybe getting a massage, right? It's going to feel great and it's going to be wonderful, but it's not exercise, okay? It's important to recognize that, okay? That's not to say that guided meditation can't be exercise, I could guide you through it just breathing and doing it. It's boring. You're not going to like it. <laughs> not compared to, to a blissful guided meditation with music in the background and stuff, right? But that's the thing, right? Now, again, there's nothing wrong with going to the sauna and getting a massage every once in a while, whatever, even every day if you can, whatever. I'm not going to tell you don't do that. <laughs> but, but remember that that's not getting you the skills that we're talking about. That is where, you know, Sharon Salzberg talks about, you know, getting better at meditation, right? Like, that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for using the skills that you develop in meditation to take out into life with you, all right? 
Remember, find me on TikTok, find me on Instagram. Come to my Wednesday uh, meditation. You will like it, I promise, okay? We have a great meditation. It's a great group of people, great topics of conversation that usually come up. And usually the, the readings of Thich Nhat Hanh are like, is he in the room with us right now? Well, I don't know if you can hear that. I thought it was thunder, but I think it was like a jet plane overhead or something. Anyway, I don't know if you could hear that, but that was loud. <laughs> but, but if you have any questions about this, Okay. Even if I, if I get 10 people to reply to this video, I will do a free session where I will teach you how to do self-guided meditation and it won't take more than 10 minutes to do. Okay. So 10 people reply. And if you, if you're listening on the podcast, you can send me an email at art at artburnscoaching.com. If I get 10 people, I will do a free class. Okay. And I'll record it so you can share it with your friends and family. All right. Let me know. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks, everybody. Wishing you well. I'll try to do an episode tomorrow, but I got a full schedule. So I'm going to be honest and probably not going to happen, but I'll be back next week. Okay. Thank you, everybody. I wish you well. I'm going to put on a dry shirt now. <laughs>